And you cannot do things over. But God allows us to do things over. Grace, God gives you an opportunity to get your act together under grace. Now, we know that grace is God's unmerited favor. And that is the textbook definition. But what I say is grace gives you an opportunity to get your act together. And we thank God for his long-suffering. I thank God for long-suffering. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the long-suffering of God. The long-suffering. So tonight, I want to talk about the blood of the covenant. The blood of the covenant. Let's go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. The blood of the covenant. Hebrews 10 and 29. We'll, we'll, we'll read that one, then we'll start from the beginning. Hebrews 10 and 29. It says, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us. You look at the first part of this. It says, how much sore punishment? So first of all, we have to consider how important and how powerful and how wonderful and how excellent the blood of Christ is. It is powerful. It's wonderful. It's excellent. My Bible tells me, for with one offering hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified. Sanctification deals with being set apart. God has set you apart. God has made a difference. God started the sanctification back in Egypt when he sanctified the children of Israel down in Goshen. The children of Israel had a complete different look than the Egyptians. God started sanctification down in Egypt. And sanctification still has to be a separation point between the church and the world. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Amen. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy? There are people that will appear to be worthy because they have been washed in the blood. But this is dealing with your walk after you have been washed in the blood. See, everything we did before we were washed in the blood, and once we get washed in the blood, it's thrown away. God puts it in a place of forgiveness. He washes our sins white as snow. So thank God for that. But the purpose of the blood is for after we get the Holy Ghost also. We were born in sin and shaped into iniquity. Psalms 51 and 5 declares. And David declared himself. So when you consider it's not the way we were born or conceived, it was the fact of what the first Adam did that sold us all out. Right. We were all sold into sin. It had nothing to do 
what our parents did with the generations of four. But from Adam all the way unto Christ, all were born in sin. But he was the only one that was not born in sin because his seed was not the seed of a man, but his seed was the seed of a woman. Galatians 4 and 4 declares it. For when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So this salvation that we have allowed or God has privileged us to be able to be a part of and, and brought us in. To be adopted means to be placed as a son. But in 1 John the third chapter it says now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. There's still a transformation that's going to take place after we get saved. The transformation that we go while we're on this earth prepares us for heaven. Luke 21 and 36, it says, watch and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. We got to be accounted worthy. This is a moment by moment, day by day. This is a thought by thought. You got to, we got to walk up right before God. We can't get it together. We got to have it together. Just like Elisha. Elijah, Elijah, I mean, had it together. And so when the chariots of fire and the chariots of, of, of horses came and separated him between him and Elisha, he was ready for that great separation. But he didn't know the day when it was going to take place. We don't know the day when this is going to take place. But we have to be circumspect. We have to keep up under our body and bring it into subjection. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, the apostle Paul declares. Let's go back to Hebrews 10 and 29. And look at this. Who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God. Trodden under the foot. The foot that was bruised. That was nailed to the cross. That foot that led him all the way to Calvary. He had to walk that walk to Calvary. Even though Simeon came and helped him carry his cross, he had to walk to Calvary because it was the eternal purpose of God in him to redeem every last one of us back to himself. He didn't exit his suffering. He didn't go exit stage left, but he stayed his course. Even though my Bible tells me that he feared Death. That'll let you know his humanity was real. Who in the days of his flesh offered up strong tears and crying unto him that was able to deliver him from death in that he feared and was heard. Think about it. He cried. The scripture talks about how he prayed three times. But he was strong tears and crying. Because the man feared death. See, it wasn't a beating. It wasn't just a beating that was working on him. It wasn't what they did to him when they led him out. It wasn't the fact that his disciples were scattered and forsook him. But the worst thing that ever happened to Jesus is when the eternal spirit, which is the father, separated from the body, from the man. Mm -hmm. 
He was left all by himself with the sins and the weight of the whole world on him. Past sins, Old Testament sins, present sins in his day, and future sins right now. All the ungodliness and, and, and unholiness and the sins of the body, the sins of the church, all that was placed on him, the church. I'm talking about blood washed, blood purchased, Holy Ghost filled people, all of our sins was laid on this man. And have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. I never want to treat God's blood like it's unholy. And my actions declare whether or not I'm treating his blood holy or unholy. My sins that I commit. My failures that I walk after. See, if you're walking in sins and failure, we got to get it right right here. We must get it right right here. The scripture says, my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. We know when God is talking to us. We know what God is talking to us. And have done despite unto the spirit of grace. I'm talking about the blood of the covenant. This is the covenant of the New Testament. This is the New Testament blood that was shed. He said, do this in remembrance of me as oft as you do this. Do in remembrance of me. Now think about what I did for you. He wants us to always remember what he did for us. Always consider that he is the Passover lamb. He's the lamb that come and take away the sins of the world. Always remember how I was beat for you. How I was oppressed for you. How I was a man of sorrows for you. Think about that. That declares his humanity was all man. You can't take nothing away from his humanity. He feels what we feel. Do you know that all excuses are taken away by Jesus Christ? We often hear about, well, you know, he's the son of God. Who are we? We're the sons of God. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews 5 and 8, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He is the captain of our salvation. The captain Captains have the stratagem of how to deal with war. Jesus knows how to strategize this salvation that we are, are, are blessed to be a part of and teach us how to war in the spirit and not war in our flesh. He tells us how to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him daily. Let's go to the ninth chapter of the book of Hebrews. In order to understand the blood of the covenant, we must first understand how the first covenant was established. Hebrews 9 and 1. It says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Keep going. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick, and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Keep reading. 
And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer in the ark of the covenant, overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and heirs rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory, showering the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But until the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without the blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. Now Jesus didn't have to offer up no sins for himself. He didn't have to offer up no sacrifices or no bullock. He didn't have to go before God in prayer and get himself to ready to be able to go into the holiest of holies. Because the tabernacle on earth is patterned at the tabernacle which is in heaven. Let's go to the 8th chapter of the book of Hebrews. 8.1 Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who sat on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Stop right there. Jesus ascended into that position. He did not start out at that position. He did it in the position of a man manifested in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh with a human anatomy that came, overcame death, hell, the grave, himself, and temptation. He had to do it in order to be set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. He couldn't have did it if he never got up out of the grave. If it come, if all the miracles and signs and wonders that he did while he was alive, that wouldn't have had, had no avail if he never got up out that grave. Because if he never got up out the grave, there wouldn't have been no atonement for you and I right now. Regardless to what he did while he walked on this earth, even as he walked on water. The Bible talks about how in the fourth hour of the watch, Jesus came on the Sea of Galilee, walking on water. Jesus defied all natural elements as a man, but it was God in him that did it. He did that. He spoke to Lazarus and told Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus come out with his grave clothes on, jumping. And they loosed him. All the things that Jesus did. Jesus did all types of signs and miracles and wonders. But none of that would have been of any avail if he hadn't got up out the grave. He got up, saints. I'm so glad he got up. Got up. He's the first fruits of them that slept. First born from the dead. First one to get up out of the grave by his own accord. He said, destroy this temple. And in three days, he said, I will raise it up. Yes, sir. That right there lets you know that it was God speaking through the man. God in the man. Speaking concerning the tabernacle that he dwelled in. Only God can infuse himself into a human body. Be God and be also total man at the same time. That he could redeem us back to himself. Only God could do that. Yeah. Go to the next verse. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched in our man. God erected that tabernacle in heaven himself. This was not the tabernacle that Moses had control of pitching 
in the desert, in the wilderness. This is the tabernacle in heaven. Go verse 3. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. What did he offer up, saints? Himself. Go to the next verse. For if, we're, if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Now look at this. His high priesthood is established in heaven. But it started out on earth. Did you hear me? In the 17th chapter of the book of St. John, Jesus is doing his high priestly prayer. In the 20th chapter of the book of St. John, after his resurrection, Mary began to touch him. Go to John 20 and 17. John 20 and 17. St. John 20 and 17. Jesus saith unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren. Stop right there. He's our brother. He's our brother. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him. As our brother, the one that had the rightful heir, he is the appointed heir. He wasn't the first heir. He was the appointed heir. He took on a position that the first Adam lost. Hebrews 1 and 1 declares it. But go to my brethren and say to them, I have sinned unto my father. I? I can't get up. If you see me levitating, y'all need to cast out some demons. Did you hear Brother Milo? Did you hear me? If you see me get up off the ground and see me hovering, Y'all need to surround me and start casting out demons. I answer to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Keep reading. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Now what took place? Right then, he ascended and he took his blood and sprinkled it before the Ark of the Covenant, eastward, and over the mercy seat, and the two cherubims that faced each other. He did that so he could atone for all of our sins, and he did it one time. One time, the Bible says. For with one offering hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified. For it became him for whom are all things, by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation Perfect through sufferings. That's what Jesus did for me and you. He walked the walk. He talked the talk. And he straddled the fence. Now he straddled the fence. He walked the line. And he was counted worthy. And he escaped. And he ascended. And he did it by his own power. Thank God for Jesus. Keep reading. Verse. Go back to uh, Hebrews 8 and 5. Who serve unto the example and the shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern, show to thee in the mount, 
Where did he get that pattern from? God. Where did the pattern come from? The heavenly tabernacle. <coughs> That's where the pattern came from. Next verse. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Better promises, saints. You know one of the things about the law? The letter killeth, but the spirit gives grace. Achan took the accursed thing, that Babylonian robe in the book of Joshua. But it wasn't just him that paid for it. They took his wife and his kids too and stoned them and burnt them. See, that's what the law would do. But grace would say, the soul that sinners shall die. See, grace will get the very one that's guilty. Now, if you join the guilty, you'll be hooked up with the guilty and you'll be judged with the guilty. That's one thing God will do. He'll get the guilty. Let's keep reading. Seven. For if that first covenant had been faultless, this should not be placed, had been sought for the second. First covenant had faults in it. God found fault with the law. There were things in the law that God himself found fault with. But he's the one that can change the law. We can't change the law. The law is for the lawless. The Bible says that, that the whole world might become guilty before God. That's why the law was implemented so man could be judged by God because if there's no law, God can't judge you when there's no law. Read the next verse, 8. But fighting fought with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, you know what he did? Old Testament, he, he commanded them to make a tabernacle, that his tabernacle can dwell in the midst of his people. But in the New Testament, my body, your body, becomes a tabernacle. And when my body and your body becomes a tabernacle, God is dwelling right in the midst of us individually. And then he dwells collectively in the body when we come together for fellowship and for worship. He wants to be us to be a holy habitation of God in the spirit. That's what God wants us to do, be holy. Let's go back to the ninth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Nine and nine. Go to 99. Which, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. You know what's something about sin? Sin arrives you like a bad habit. You can feel bad about your sin. You can be sorrowful about your sin. But sin wants to hang around you like you got some undeodorized armpits and you've been working like a work mule all day. And you still smell it. Uh-oh, I don't care if you put a three-piece suit on and you got the pearly white smile like that dog waiting for them Scooby Snacks. Did you hear, Brother Milo? Sin will ride you like that. It'll be on you. And it'll keep working on your conscience. How dare anybody or the devil to look at you at the end of their nose? You know what's most dangerous individual? 
is a self-righteous individual. My Lord. You know what's so most dangerous about him? Let's go to 1 John, the first chapter. This individual is very dangerous. You know why? Because he won't even let the word reprove him. When you get to the point where you feel so good about yourself, is it I? My Lord. Is it I? I know what I do. I pray. I seek his face. I'm serious about my soul. I want to make it. Ain't none of us in here can get past being reproved. There's something that we all got to work on. We all got something we got to work on because we were born in sin and shaping into iniquity. I don't care how many scriptures you can quote. I don't care if you can kick your foot up this half. Uh-oh, watch out now. I'm talking about myself. It don't matter. If you cannot be reproved by God's word, you need to look in the mirror. God don't keep sending word after word after word, and you sit up there saying, who's he talking about? Man, that ain't me. Hmm, let me go look at myself in the mirror. Ain't I fine? I just, I'm cute. Ooh, look at me. Boy, God is good. I got 150 scriptures to my vocabulary. I pray three times a day. I seek the Lord. I love the brethren. That right there, you in trouble just for that testimony right there. I, the I syndrome will get you in real trouble. What happened to Lucifer in the book of Ezekiel? He said, I will be like the most high. I will ascend to the cloud. I, that I will get you in trouble. That was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. This is the apostle John, the beloved, declaring that he was an eyewitness, and he touched him with his own hands. Keep reading. For the light was manifested that we have seen it and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him. Declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in God, y'all. There's shady saints. But it ain't no shadiness in God. There are some shady saints. They haven't lost their skills from the world. Uh-oh. Did you hear Brother Milo? They lost them skills. Matter of fact, they honed them real good. They know how to take them and put the scripture around them. Uh-oh, watch out. I hope nobody's bunions is hurting right now. Keep reading. Next verse. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. That's the blood of the covenant. The blood of the covenant will cleanse us from all sin. This is after we become born again. See, the purpose of the blood 
is to get rid of the rest of the sin that's in our flesh. So we may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. Keep reading. But if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Self-righteousness. That is a dangerous thing. If you got a prayer life, God ain't showing you everybody else. He's showing you you. And if he ain't showing you you in your prayer life, something wrong. You need to, you need to ask some questions. And don't go trying to prove your righteousness when you stand before him while you pray. Oh, Lord, I do this. The rich young Euler. Standing in front of God manifesting the flesh. All these have I kept from my youth up. Self-righteousness. You got to be like Daniel was in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel. He aligned himself with the sins of Israel. He said, we have sinned. See, when you get down before God, you got to humble yourself. Get down as low as you can. And say, have mercy, O oh God. Forgive me of my sins. My God. Ask God to show you your sins. But if you're telling God, I know I'm right when I go down. I don't care what they're telling me. I know I'm right. God ain't going to show you nothing. God is not going to show a self-righteous person nothing. When he's going down before God to prove his case. You don't prove your case when you go before God. You ask God to help you when you go down before him. Go to the next verse. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My God, my God. Thank you, Lord. If we confess, I do believe in confession too. Did you hear me? Mm -hmm. And I believe in going to the one that's responsible for my soul to confess. Did you hear Brother Milo? I talked about this on, in Sunday school, on Sunday. I was down in Kokomo for about five and a half years. I'm being transparent tonight when I'm going to tell y'all. Well. And the enemy tried to provoke me against confession. And the pastor, and I never yielded to that spirit. See, Satan think he's slick. Satan takes the word of God and will use it to manipulate it. And he did it to Jesus. And if he did it to Jesus, am I Jesus? No. And if angels are greater than nature than man, and he deceived spiritual beings before Adam was created on the earth, don't think you cannot be deceived. Don't think you just that great and I seek God all the time, and I do what is right, and I stay before the presence of God, and do all this, that, and the other, that you cannot be deceived. It's easy to be deceived. How is it? Because you let it. Because you give it here to all them different voices. And I felt that spirit try to provoke me. And I rebuked it. I know the scriptures that they use to try to do away with confessing to the man. I know all the scriptures. But God put the icing on it. In the 20th chapter book of St. John, he says, Whosoever sins you remit are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins are retained are retained unto them. He was speaking to the apostles. The man of God can judge every last one of us. Did y'all know that? Present day. Did y'all know that? 
well, you know, he's a man just like me. He puts his pants on just like I do. People don't respect authority today. That's the truth. They do not respect authority. I will not buck up against authority. Because I'm going against the ordinance of God when I buck up. The enemy will try to provoke you to do it. And he will provoke your flesh to do it. I'm so glad I didn't do it. See, somebody put that bug in my ear. Y'all better be careful who y'all listening to. Did you hear Brother Milo? One next to you in your pew? Your best friend, your homie? Or your boo. Did you hear me? Or your boo. You better watch out. Because rebellion is a spirit. And it will show itself. You can see it. It shows itself. It manifests itself. Lord, help me not to be like Cord, Dathan, and Byron. Lord, please help me. Who do we think he is? God called me into the ministry. God called me. God gave me my messages. Everything you saying, God did call you. But your spirit is wrong. Now, I'm not reproving and rebuking nobody. I'm just telling you what people do. Because flesh ain't no good. Flesh should do it. Them people try to lift me up. And I didn't let them do that to me either. They try to lift me up. I lift, don't lift me up. I'm not gonna get real. I'm not gonna be laid across here in no casket. And they put a smile on my face. They put that smile on my face. Don't you believe it? Rebellion, the enemy operates through rebellion. And he'll keep unctionizing rebellion. See, Satan doesn't do nothing but mimic what God does. The Bible says we have an unction. From the Holy One and we know all things. It's not that any man should teach you. See these false teachers will teach you. They will take you and give you an earful. But see the Holy Ghost will unctionize you into all truth. But the spirit of error will unctionize you into error. And it will mimic what the Holy Ghost does. Satan don't do nothing but mimic everything that God does. And he uses scripture to do it. Oh, did you hear Brother Milo? You mean the devil uses the written word of God? Yes, he do. That's why I don't fool with him. You can keep these TV dinners. I'm not talking about the ones you take and put your fork in and start cutting it up and eating them mashed potatoes. I'm talking about them TV preachers. I don't listen to them folk over the airways either. Did you hear Brother Milo? Got a sidewalk preacher coming into the barbershop. Sidewalk. He's shooting from the sidewalk. Ain't got nowhere else to preach to. But they always coming on the side with false teaching. That's what these sidewalk preachers do. Think about it. But we're dealing with the blood of the covenant. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews. We dealt with the, the, the aspect of a person that is self-righteous. Well, when we come to God's saints... We got to know how low we are and how great he is. Let's go to verse 10, 9 and 10. Hebrews 9 and 10. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and cardinal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. God did a reformation, y'all. That reformation took place in the New Testament. 
That reformation started in the 20th chapter of the book of St. John when he ascended. That reformation came on the day of Pentecost when he sent back the Holy Ghost back to you and I. That reformation took place. No more Old Testament, hallelujah, sacrifices. No more bulls and calves, turtle doves. We don't have to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. But now God has fulfilled the seven feasts or five of them in us. Do you know that we have the Passover lamb, which is Jesus, and he has fulfilled that Passover. Think about it. He is the unleavened bread. He is the bread that cometh down. He had no sin in it. He is the first fruits. The first fruits of them that slept. First born from the dead. First one that got up out of his own grave. Look at this. He is Pentecost. He is the Holy Ghost that dwells down on the inside. He is the comforter. He is the, inter, the one that inter, inter meets for us. Down in our soul. Think about Jesus dwelling on the inside of your body. Being able to understand what you suffer and go through. He's a high priest. Think about it. He can identify with your hurts and your pains. Because he's on the inside. Being touched by the feelings of your infirmities. He ain't just sitting on the throne and looking at you. He dwells on the inside. He feels what you're going through. That's how he knows how to send a word to comfort you. But he also knows how to send a word to rebuke you. Because he chases whom he loves. Verse 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that, that is to say not of this building. It was not erected like Moses erected his in the Old Testament. Neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. One time, saints. And he did it with his own blood. Next verse. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, yes. the eternal spirit was in that body, God was in that body. Amen. He yielded to the God that was in his body. And he did not commit one sin. And by not committing one sin, he was able to get about that grave. Mm -hmm. Now, place me and you in the position of Jesus Christ right now. Where would the world be? We wouldn't be I wouldn't be right here talking to y'all right now. Because... We have seen since we had the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's true. Amen. Can yes. I keep it real? That's right, bro. Amen. Amen. Thank God for mercy. Yes, sir. Amen. Praise God. How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? He didn't have a spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing. And what is he asking us to do? Not have a spot, wrinkle, or blemish, or any such thing? To purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Our conscience will condemn us when we're wrong. But you can override your conscience. 
Have y'all, and I know the brothers are going to know what I say. I have done this. Has any of the brothers ever power break their car? That's when you hit the gas and the brake at the same time. I got caught doing that. And my <laughs> I was in my father's car and my brother caught me. I smoked them real good. They were smoking. And my brother caught me. You can do the same thing with your conscience. I'm going to override the message and the word that God is speaking to me. I'm just going to keep overriding it. I'm going to keep overriding it. But actually, what's happening is you're doing despite unto the spirit of grace. The Bible says, how much more sore punishment? How much more sore punishment? The tabernacle was erected in order. God is a God of order. We have to operate in order. God has a set order how he does things in his church. The Bible says God has set some in the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints. God uses the word ministry to perfect the saints. It ain't our job to be cutting on each other. I'm not a Thanksgiving Day turkey. I'm not sitting up there with my arms like this telling you, go ahead and cut me up. Do you want the breast? Do you want the leg? Or do you want the thigh? That is not what I'm asking for. The word of God is there to cut me up. Through the ministry. God uses the preach ministry to chastise us. God is a God of order. Next verse. 9.15 And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament they which are called might receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. What took place there? His blood went all the way back to those Old Testament saints. You know the ones that was in paradise? 27th chapter of the book of Matthew starting at verse 50. Go ahead, 2750 of Matthew. His blood went back to them. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the gross. Go to the next one. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. And went into the holy city and appeared unto many. What took place? His blood went back to all those Old Testament saints. I can name them off. Some of them. Some of the prophets. Some of the martyrs. But think about all those Old Testament saints that got up after his resurrection. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, that he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So when he did, he took paradise that was down in earth and renovated and took it and put it into the third heavens. So all those Old Testament saints got up out the grave and his blood went back and covered every last one of them. You know, Judas Iscariot had to been hurt to his heart watching all those folk leave. And he couldn't, I wonder if he weighed by it to him. Not, you know, misery won't company. 
Misery won't company. Think about it. All those Old Testament saints, they got up and went with Jesus after his resurrection. Think about that. His blood covered every last one of them. They got a promise of an eternal inheritance. And what's going to take place? The Bible said that the dead in Christ shall rise first. The bodies of those Old Testament saints that's still in these graves and in the dust of the earth. 12 chapter book of Daniel verse 3. Those bodies of the saints are going to get up first. And then we which are alive or remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Moment before your eyelids can blink. It'll be done. Then shall we ever be with the Lord. But you got to stay up under that blood to get that one. If you don't stay up under the blood, it won't cleanse you from all sin. People that acknowledge their sin and unrighteousness can be saved. But self-righteous people cannot be saved. Self-righteous people cannot be saved. Because they feel they're doing everything they know how to do. I do it. I do this. I do that. I do that. You need to change your prayer and ask God to help you. Me too. Lord, let me see myself. Lord, show me me. I don't want to lose my soul. I ain't got caught up to be, I ain't got time for no drama. No time for no drama. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews. Verse uh, 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having attained eternal redemption for us. Eternal redemption. He bought back. He paid the price. The ultimate price. He don't have to pay the price no more. He don't have to go back to Calvary no more. He don't have to offer himself often as the Old Testament priests had to do it once every year. They had a daily sacrifice, one in the morning and one in the evening. There was a continual sacrifice daily. But the Day of Atonement was once a year. And he had to offer up sins for his own self, the Old Testament priest did. But Jesus didn't have to offer up sacrifices for himself because he is the sacrifice. And he was without sin. He, hallelujah, was able to get up because there was no sin on his body. There was no sin on his conscience. He was able to get up and rise up on the third day because he was not held back because of what took place while he was on earth. Nothing could withhold him from getting up. We better make sure ain't nothing can withhold us from getting up either. As a tree falls, so shall it lie. Verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serving the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. He is the testator. A testament is a legal document that discloses the goods and wealth of the deceased. And what did he send back down to us? The Holy Ghost. What did he bring us into? 
a holy nation, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. That's what God brought us into as being sons of God. We are holy. Old Testament, he says, be ye holy. I mean, you shall be holy. New Testament, he said, be ye holy. There's a difference in you shall and to be. To be, God has opened the door through divine nature for us to be exactly what he's designed for us to be and that's to be holy through divine nature. But we got to yield to him. We got to deny ourselves. We got to take up our cross and follow him daily. We got to look at ourselves in prayer. We got to stay before God. We got to sacrifice. We got to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, not to me, unto him. We got to obey them to have the rule over us, who watch for our souls, who must give account. We have to submit ourselves. All that's in the book. All that's in the book. No one lives to themselves, no one dies to themselves. That's what the scripture says. True. Next verse. 17. For testaments are forced after men are dead, otherwise it is no strength at all while the testator liveth. Look at this. He had to die. Mm -hmm. So it will what? Strength. Mm -hmm. The power. The blessings. The promises come after his death. He's able to disclose to us. Do you know when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're not just receiving the Holy Ghost, you're receiving God Almighty. God is giving you himself to come and make your body his tabernacle. Then he's giving us eternal life. With that, a promise of eternal life. Keep reading. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. When Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying this, saying this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves were better sacrifices than these. Heaven was purified with the blood of Jesus. The tabernacle was sanctified by the blood of Christ. There's no more atonement after that. He ain't got to die no more. Go to the next verse. For Christ is not entered until the holy place is made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. We got somebody in the presence of God for us. That's, that's powerful right there. He is our advocate. He is our advocate. Next verse. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. You don't have to keep doing it. Keep reading. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin 
by the sacrifice of himself. Now, look at this right here. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, the Bible says it was darkness over all face of the earth from the third hour to the ninth hour. It was over all the whole face of the whole earth. That was the New Testament Passover lamb. And judgment was on the face of the whole earth. But he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He saw the travail of his soul. You think about what Jesus went through, travail, his soul. He poured out his soul unto death. He made his grave with the transgressors. He was placed in a tomb with the transgressors. The Bible says, for if and while we're seeking to be justified by Christ, and we ourselves are found transgressors. Is Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. He ain't offering up no more sacrifices for the transgressors. The transgressors need to come to themselves. Have I transgressed? Yes, I have. Guilty as charged. But thank God I came to myself. That's what we all got to do. We have to come to ourselves. We can't let the enemy to provoke us. Because he will provoke you. If he can't get you to do something, he'll provoke you. Can I give you a story? I was in Barber College 37 years ago. This young lady was coming at me. I wasn't paying her no mind. And she kept coming at me. I wasn't paying her no mind. So she touched me one day inappropriately. And that spirit said, hit her. That wasn't the Holy Ghost that told me to do that. Did you hear me? That wasn't no righteous indignation. Did you hear Brother Milo? I didn't hear those saints. Thank you, Jesus. See, the enemy knows how to provoke your flesh. If he can't get you to do something, lure you into something, he'll provoke you. He knows how to push that button. Don't let the enemy push that button. Because he knows exactly what we're going through and what we're dealing with from day to day. And he's so slick and cunning. He knows how to speak at the right time, too. Hit her. I didn't hit her. He sure did. Did I want to hit her? No, I didn't. But because he couldn't get me to do nothing, I'm going to push him into something. Just like I told you earlier, the enemy tried to push me to go against my pastor in Kokomo. And I, we, I didn't yield to it. And you know what? I'm so glad. I'm just keeping it real. We're dealing with an enemy. If he, can't push, if he can't get you to lure into something, he'll push you into something. As Judas Iscariot. God manifested in the flesh could not convince him to not do what he did. God couldn't convince Judas. And Satan entered into Judas twice. When he went to go convene and talk to the Pharisees about betraying Jesus, the scripture says Satan entered into him. And the second time he entered into him after he took the sob. The Bible says if we sin willfully, see, he, he, he willfully sinned on that one. After he got exposed, 
Is it I? Mm. He should have been pimp slapped after he said that one. Can I keep it real? Is it I? Don't sit up here and say, you know, you ain't guilty. Did I do that? All right, Urkel. Did I do that? That enemy think he's slick. He will provoke you. I'm telling you. He will provoke you. He can't lure you into nothing, then he'll push your button. And if you yield to him, what you got coming after that, you're going to pay. Y'all have seen me on the news. Brother Milo, sucker punched. I'm looking around. A white woman. Y'all have looked on news? Can I keep it real? That's what happened. So it's very imperative that we listen to God and we listen to the word of God. The word of God comes over this pulpit to help us, to correct us, to instruct us. And if we think we're bigger than the word of God, you don't want God to turn you over to your own self. That's what happens to people to become reprobate. Oh, you ain't gonna listen? Okay. Jesus. Your self-righteousness got you sold up. Got you folded up. Got you ironed up. Matter of fact, uh, uh, what is it, a seer conscious? Right. Seer right. conscious is where don't nothing bother you. Don't nothing. You can be sinning and you're all right. Oh man, I'm over that. You know, the word of God ain't like it used to be. You know, that ain't, you know, that don't bother me no more. Something wrong yeah. when it don't bother you. Mm -hmm. I was at the barbershop one time. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting ready to purchase me a vehicle. Mm -hmm. I didn't do nothing wrong. Get ready to buy me a vehicle. And God spoke to me and said, you did not consent me. He made me feel that big. But you know the reason why the Holy Ghost spoke to me like that? Because God knew exactly what I was going to walk into. My finances were getting ready to come under attack. And God gave me the heads up. And he allowed me to deal with what I was dealing with. And I came through. Tell y'all something, saints. Paying tithes and offerings pays off with great benefits. Great benefits come with paying your tithes and your offerings. Because if I were paying my tithes and offerings, y'all would be getting postcards from Mexico. Because them folks was after me. The state was after me. And they set me up real cute. Try to make me find, sign a five-page contract. And they made me come to court. And the day I went to court, it was the first time the lawyer even seen the case and knew anything that was going on. And they crumbled right in their face. They switched judges. And when they switched the judges, the judge that was over the case was my lawyer's father's friend. But I said they switched judges. This all happened in a three or four hour period. That five page contract would have had me paying $560 a day. And you multiply that by seven. 
And they had it rolled up so good. It was real cute to have it the way they had it rolled up. It was real cute. When I say it was real cute, it was real cute. In order for me to get from up under that contract, the balance would have had to been paid. And if anything would have happened to my son while he was in the care of that facility, I would have had to pay for their lawyers also. That's how they had it rolled up. That's why it's so important to keep your man out your business. That's true, bro. Can Brother Milo keep it real? See, you think you having fun doing your thing? It's going to catch up with you down the road. And when you start paying for it, you can be taking communion, speaking in tongues, and running around here, kicking your legs up, looking like you can ready to touch the ceiling. God's still going to make you reap what you sow. That's the word. Did you hear me? That's the word. I just be real about it. Ain't no sense of playing with it. If I'm wrong, I admit when I'm wrong. I ain't got time to try to make me look good. I don't have a three-piece suit on with a coming bun and one of those special neckties. When I come, mm, I'm clean. Clean every whip. We got to look at ourselves. I know my father's voice. You go through things on this side, God will teach you his voice. God knows how to instruct you and teach you. But you got to make sure it's God speaking to you too. That's right. Because there are other voices out there. And they'll paint the picture real cute for you. With this. They'll paint it so good. I know I'm right. You can't tell me nothing. Get on your knees, brother. Get on your knees, sister. Because if you're in a dilemma where you need God to help you, you need to get down on your knees and ask God. That's for all of us. Please help us. Because I never want to get there. Matter of fact, you ain't going to be in the rapture if you don't get it right now. <clears throat> if, you don't get, if we don't get this thing right now, we can kiss the rapture goodbye. And for those that want to stay here for the rapture, you will take the mark. Did you hear Brother Milo? Oh, you dancing for it. If you don't make the rapture, if I don't make the rapture, my name is not written in the Lamb book of life as a church saint. Can I keep it real? This blood of the covenant is so powerful, it will get rid of everything, all the sins that we got on this side. But you got to come up under the blood and stay up under the blood. It's just like your liver is a filter. It filters your blood. The blood of Jesus Christ filters us. But you got to acknowledge where your sin is in, in order to get filtered. You got to stay before God. Stay in his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. He has shown me the path of life. God will show you the right path if you yield to him, if you listen to him. We get the word of God every week. God brings us a word to let us know exactly where we're at. We don't want to be in a position where we reject who God is speaking to because we don't feel like they validated. If God got to speak to a donkey to correct you, you better take it. God will speak to whoever he wants to to speak to you. And God has someone to speak to you. The Bible talks about the powers that God ordained in the 13th chapter book of Romans. 
those that God ordained or those that God put over us, they are the ministers of God, the minister of God. He is the minister of God for him. That's what God uses is the ministry to teach us and correct us and to get us right. But we got to follow or stay under the order of God in order to be blessed. If you get out of order, whoa. I do not want to cause no drama. If I offended anybody, please forgive me. I don't have time to lose my soul. I do not have time to lose my soul. Because once you lose your soul, you've lost everything. It doesn't matter the best things you can have on this earth. If you lose your soul, you have lost everything. And that's not what we want to do. Verse 19. No, we verse 26. We good. Let's go to the 10th chapter of Hebrews. 10 and 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Those Old Testament sacrifices could not perfect us. But the scripture says, for with one offering hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified. You got to be as part of the sanctification to be perfected. We got to stay sanctified, saints. Set apart. We got to be different. We have to be different. We got to be different on the inside first and on the outside. Because if you're good, looking good on the outside, but the inside ain't right, then that's where the qualifications of a Pharisee comes in, 23rd chapter book of Matthew. And you know how Jesus dealt with the Pharisees. You white sepulchers, you full of dead men's bones, all the things that he declared to them. I don't want to be a Pharisee. A Pharisee takes the word of God and switches it around. They switch it. That's what a Pharisee will do. They'll switch it. They'll put grievances on people that God himself ain't even did. That's what a Pharisee will do. He'll make it so hard on you that God ain't made it hard on you. Uh-oh, did you hear Brother Milo? Oh, we can't do what we used to do. That is not no Pharisee. I need a, you know, we all need a, what they call it? What they call it? Pull you in? A girdle? We need a spiritual girdle. We all need one. Come on now. I ain't gonna lie, I got a little bump out. I'm gonna keep it real. But I'm gonna tell you something. Pull that, pull it in. We need to pull everything in that ain't right by God. Come on. We got to pull this thing in. We gotta walk circumspect. One foot in front of the other. Because if you don't, you get caught slipping, you out of line, you ain't gonna be caught up. Just like this. Just like this. I'm not even looking at my feet. You got to walk just like this. I'm not looking at my feet, saints. Yes. That's how you got to walk with God. You got to walk circumspect. You got to walk in the spirit. The Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. The Holy Ghost ain't going to let you get blinded or sidetracked. The Holy Ghost will instruct you and lead you. God will uphold you. God will keep you. God wants us to make it more than we want to make it. God wants us to see his face in peace. God wants us to be a part of the beloved. That's what God wants us to be. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. That's what God has called us unto. Holiness. And I'm not talking about dress code either. I'm talking about the holiness of God. We got to be holy. We got the sanctity of God with this right here. 
When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, the first thing he does is take control of that tongue. Because the tongue is a world of iniquity. The tongue is among, among our members that follow the whole body and set on course the course of hell and set on the course of nature of hell. This tongue can't no man tame. This tongue will send you to a devil's hell. It will cause your whole body to go there. That's why God chose the tongues as the evidence of the person has received the Holy Ghost. Because the tongue can't no man tame. You can't tame it. I don't care how good you is. Did you hear Brother Milo? And you don't have to curse without using curse. You can curse without using curse words too. You know that, don't you? Oh! That's why we got to be so careful what we say. Or how we speak to each other. How we, what we say to each other. Because you can be doing what? You can be those that oppose themselves. Oppose themselves. First Timothy, the second chapter. With meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. How can you be opposing yourself, but you think you're doing the right thing? Opposing yourself? You are your own enemy. That's what opposing yourself is. I do not want to oppose myself. I don't want to be in opposition to my own soul. Thinking I'm doing right. Well, you know, Apostle Paul, he did it ignorantly. He didn't have the Holy Ghost either. But if you're doing it with the Holy Ghost, Lord, please help us all, Jesus. I don't want to be in the opposition of myself. I do not want to pose my soul. I got to live right before God. Next verse, verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is remembrance again made of sins every year. There's a remembrance of those sins every year. Every time that sacrifice come around, you constantly remember what you did. Now, if your conscience is bothering you, I ain't got no business bringing up what you did. Did you hear Brother Milo? Ooh, I remember what you did back in 1945. People do you like that. They will count your sins and have them on the, on the, on the chalkboard. He did this and so-and-so. Or they have them on the chalkboard of their mind and their heart. Yeah, he did that then. He did that then. He did that then. And then turn around and hold you like you the same person 30 years later. Who are we to hold anybody to their past sins? Because if you're doing that, you're committing sin yourself. The Bible says, who shall lay charge to God's elect? Who? That's what Satan does. That's the spirit of Satan. For you to sit back and remember what somebody did. That's what Satan is, the accuser of the brethren. It could be present or past. They'll never live up right before you. They'll never do right. I ain't got no business going back and digging up somebody's sins. Now some folks, the Bible says, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before the judgment. Some people's sins are wide open. They doing it right out in the public. They get it in. Thing. Some people are doing it behind closed doors. True, Did you hear Brother Milo? Yeah. Throw the rock, hide their hand, walk up, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But you're doing your thing. God sees us. He knows every last one of us. Lord, help us all not to sow discord among the brother. Help us all, Jesus. But some folks are so bold, they do it out in public. As the world turns, 
apostolic church. We do it just like they do it. The bold, the black, and the ugly. I'm black and I'm proud and I'm going to do it in front of everybody. Uh-oh, we don't do that. We ain't got no business doing that, saints. Help us all, please. I'm not reproving or rebuking nobody. I'm talking, I'm talking to me. I got to make sure I'm not doing these things. I got to make sure I'm not doing these things. Because if I'm caught slipping, I'm going to lose it all. Next verse. Verse 4. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. They could not take away sins. All God was doing was getting appeased every day. All those sacrifices was doing so God wouldn't just be sitting up here looking at it. Come on. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, sacrifice and offers thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. God was speaking. God was speaking concerning his body that he manifested himself in after conception. Her body hast thou prepared me. God prepared himself a body that he could bleed with, that he could be the perfect sacrifice with that he could identify with us with, that he could purge us from our old sins with, that he could rise from on the third day with. God himself did it for me and you. For it's not possible that the blood of calves and bulls should take away sins. It's not possible. Keep reading the next verse. And bird offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast Thou hast had no pleasure. God didn't get no pleasure out of that. Because the folks were still doing the same thing. That's just like you seeing your child stealing. Every time he got come home, he got something hot in his pocket. You go pat him on the back. Oh, that's my boy. He going to be a major thief one day. Something wrong with you? I can't wait. He going to be a diamond smuggler. He's a thug for life. Ooh, look at it. Pants is already at his ankles. Look at it. Did you hear me? Already at his ankles. Wait a minute, I gotta pause on this. What's wrong with these individuals walking around with super friends underwear on? Did y'all see these individuals? I'm not trying to be funny. They done made designer super men or super friends underwear for these brothers. And they got their stuff all the way down here. Society's crazy. Thinking, man, wait a minute. That's a cartoon character you got on there. Or whatever. But this is the world we live in. You know, wrong is right and right is wrong now. I was driving through apartment today and I looked. I said, is that a man? No. Is that a woman? It was a woman, but it looked like a man. That's right. This is the day we live in, saints. That's right. And then they say something wrong with you. Because you see it. I don't hate nobody. I don't hate nobody. Because that could have been any one of us. Because sin would do that for you. Sin would take every last one of us there. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Don't raise no hands. The Bible says such words some of you. That's what right. he said. Don't raise no hands. 
Come on now. Because you know, saints don't forgive. I mean, they don't forget. <laughs> and they might not forgive those that do it. Y'all, y'all just don't know what God brought me from. I'm not going to do the walk, saints. I'm not going to do the walk. I'm not going to do that anyway. Mm -mm. I ain't got no, uh, what is that, uh, unleaded in my uh, gas tank. I used to be sweeter than two days before Christmas. But look at me now. I'm He-Man. No, it don't sound like it, bro. You need to keep working on that one. You know what? God saved me. I'm so glad God saved me. Wait a minute, sis. You sound like, boy, you got uh, some rock stuck on your vocal cords. No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being serious. This is the stuff. That demon will turn you into something that you ain't. And they letting him do it. They letting him do it. He don't care which way he gets you. If he can get you to go to hell from the pew, he got you. If he can get you turned out in the streets, he got you. The Satan will try to do anything to get you. If he can get one of the twelve, he got you. The Bible says, let his bishopric, let another man take. Judas, bishopric, was given to another. Think about that, saints. I don't want nobody in my place but me. I need to be in a place where God got me so I can fulfill the purpose of God on this side. The Bible says, work while it is day, for when night cometh, no man worketh. You can't get paid if you ain't doing nothing. I showed up to work, and your line still got everything sitting there. I was there, y'all, but your line still got everything sitting there. That'd be like me cutting somebody's hair. And I start with a clipper line, and I start right here, and I got that boy sitting up here on this side. Then I expect for him to give me a tip. <laughs> he got to turn his head like this and just make sure it look right. <laughs> Did you hear Brother Milo? We got to do the right thing when we work, saints. We got to work. Come on now. That's what the conscience is all about. But you know what? This blood is so, so precious, saints. This blood is so precious. I don't want to try it under it. I don't want to treat it like it's an unholy thing. I want to be submissive to it. I want to be obedient to it. I want his word to have his perfect work for me on earth. I want to be perfected that when he says, come my people, I want to hear him say, come my people. I want to be a part of that great translation, the translation of the saints. I want to be in that number. I want to see him in the clouds. I want to go with him. I want to ever be with him. I want to go to the streets of transparent gold. I want to see all the Old Testament saints. I want to go and see him in his face. What Moses couldn't do, I'll be able to do. Moses could only see his hind parts, but I'll be able to stare him dead in his face. I'll be able to see him as he is. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I don't have to worry about going into the grave no longer. Then bombing fluid ain't got no more stench on me no longer. My body's not in the dust of the earth no longer. I can see him. I can wake up. 
I can be eternally with him. I can get to the new earth and the new heavens. I got something waiting on me that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. I got a promise waiting on me that God has for everyone that loves him. That's what I want to get to. I want what God has waiting on me. All this stuff these people are building and making, they want to prepare people for the what, 23rd, 22nd century. You need to be prepared for heaven. That is the greatest place that we can ever be a part of. God, the creator of heaven and earth and the universe, the one that declared it from the beginning, the one that spoke it, the one that created the galaxies, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that died for me, the one that rose for me, the one that loves me, the one that endured the cross for me, Jesus. That's who I want to see. To be like Jesus. To be like him. All I want is to be like him. Y'all know the rest of the words. Somebody help me out. All through life's journey. From earth to glory. Say it again. I only ask to be what? To be like him. We're going to have to be like him. He that saith that he abideth in him ought himself to walk even as he walked. And when you look up to the definition of as, it means to the same degree and equal. It's a whole lot riding on us, y'all. It's a whole lot riding on you to do the, for me and you to do the right thing. Because a, there's a blessing waiting on us on the other side. There's a joy. That joy that we're going to enter into, when soon as my feet strike Zion, I'm going to lay down my heavy burden. I'm going to put on my robe in glory. I'm going to sit down and tell the story. I'm going to sit beside King Jesus. I'm going to tell him all of my what? Troubles. You ain't going to be singing trouble in my way. I got to cry sometimes. Trouble in my way. I got to cry sometimes. Blessing, Lord. Little weak at night. But that's all right. That ain't happening. Jesus is fixing it right now. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. We have to respect the blood. We have to consider it daily because it will bring you to perfection Amen. if you stay in it and abide in it. And that's what we have to do. Yes. I know I have a little comedy about, about myself. Y'all know it, but I'm keeping it real. We have to make it in. We have to make it in. We got to strive and fight. This is, a, this is, the, this is worth every fight. Everything God has promised us, we got to believe it. And sometimes God will give you a promise, and it don't turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. But it turns out the way that God said it was going to turn out. Sometimes I'm, human minds, we don't understand what God is saying when he says something. But when God does it, 
He does it right. He does it perfectly. God don't fail. Did you know that God don't fail? We think it's supposed to go that way. And God knows you think it's coming that way. And it's over there. And because it don't come that way, but it's over there, God did it the way he said he was going to do it. You just didn't understand how he was going to do it or the way. God knows when he's speaking to us what we, what we, what we think and what we ponder. But God knows about his promises to every last one of us. And God don't fail us, saints. He don't fail us. We all have a course that we're going to walk on this side. The thing is that we finish our course with joy. That's what we got to do. We all have a set course. And everything that we're going to suffer, God has lined it up from the foundation of the world that we be perfected if we stay in him. He's going to get us to that day. And it's going to take the blood and obedience and humbling ourselves and submitting to come to the very expected end of God. And I want to come to the expected end of God. I got to come to the expected end of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.